0: Here comes the sun, little darling, here comes the sun, I say, it's all.
1: everybody. Uh, Thank you, Nia Simone. Uh, Strange times. It's it's sitting here in KPFK. Uh, It's a skeleton crew, which it should be in terms of all the health precautions. I I start to begin with Captain Fleming, the program director, and Terrick Herrera is on the controls. I'm in here with Channing Martinez, my close friend and co-worker. And we're going to be on the phone. We are on the phone with Zach Norris, also a close friend, and the executive director of the Ola Baker Center for Human Rights. And we're going to be talking about Zach's new book, We Keep Us Safe, Building Secure, Just, and Inclusive Communities. How are you doing, Zach?
2: I'm doing great. It's really great to be on the show. I appreciate you, Eric. And hey, Channing, great to be on the show with you both.
1: Hey, Zach. So here's how we're going to do it. Um, We have three, four thing parts of the show. The the good thing is, Zach's going to be with us for the whole hour. We're going to start with now. The still, we still call him the candidate. We may even call him councilman, but his name is (laughs) Channing Martinez. He's a community organizer, and we think we ran an amazing city council campaign. So we're going to do a, a full show on it. Channing and I have been. Uh, doing a, a big post-event analysis. So Jan is just going to give you a short report now uh, on some really good news.
0: So the great news is last week, I think we told you the number was about 1,500 votes. This week, the county board, I'm sorry, county board, I'm surprised. Um, this week, the county registrar updated their records. They have 30 days to count the votes and we got 2,113 votes or 5% of the vote, which was exciting. Um, we were – me and Eric were talking about it yesterday and I was talking a little bit about my anxiety the day before the election where we were both saying, well, if we just get 500 votes, we'll feel great. <laughs> but then we got on election day and saw 500 votes and, you know, that changed when you see it actually um, – <laughs> and you know i re- i did feel bad like oh my god we did this for 500 votes that's it so i'm very excited to announce that we got 2100 votes that's 2100 votes of confidence and as eric said we're going to be doing a full show but we're also doing a post event analysis as eric said and we're hoping to write a pamphlet on lessons for the movement from a black you know revolutionary candidate and a guideline or a sort of an incubator, if you will, of how should you run for office for the movement and not simply for yourself and not for a political gain.
1: Very cool. So, um, yeah, you can think about it too, Zach. You know, we're really happy. Yeah, you know, just, I just, was that?
2: Congratulations. I was just saying that's amazing. Congratulations.
1: Yeah, it is amazing. And one thing we'll tell you know, we're still thinking it through, but it's a very large district, right? 250,000 people. And we realized, oh my God, we have no capacity to do that whole district. It, and it's also about 25% white, 25% black. It used to be almost all black district, hmm. uh, probably 25% Korean, and uh, oh, 25%, I'm sorry, more Latino.
0: Less you, Korean. About, you,
1: you tell me. I'm sorry.
0: So it's about 46% Latino. Okay, wow. Uh, yeah, around 15% black. I think you were right, about 25% um, white. And I can't actually remember the agents. Okay.
1: So we made a decision, because that's where we are, to go black, black, black. To stay and where we, you know, stay into our strong suit. Almost like taking the whole district and say, we, we're not big enough to cover it. But we're going to do a really good job in Baldwin Hills, in Lamert Park, in virtually all the black areas of the of the district. And we want to reach more Koreans and we want to reach more Latinos, but this is our strong suit anyway. And what's cool about it is I'm hoping, when we look at the results, that we got a lot more than 5% in the black districts. See, So that's going to be another important point because – we we will tell you right now. We have aspirations for the next four years. We're not saying we're going to do it. We're not saying we're not. But it's a great building block that I was telling Channing, a guy, I think his name was Stan Sanders. He ran for mayor at the same time Richard, he's black, he's an Oxford graduate. He ran for mayor at the same time Richard Reardon ran. Reardon won, and Stan Sanders got 4.8% of the vote. And Reardon appointed him to the MTA board because he knew that was a very significant number. Mm. So, no, Mayor Garcetti will not be appointing Channing. I probably will (laughs) not be going. (laughs) But it is – I just want to say again that if we we feel tremendously gratified and we we have a lot of lessons of things we didn't know, things we're going to learn for the movement – Zach, any thoughts on that? And then we're going to go to Corona, and then uh, we'll go I mean, to your book.
2: It's, it's really uh, exciting. Uh, we have uh, at the Ella Baker Center been exploring the possibility of developing our own kind of C four operation. So certainly a lot to learn from, and excited to check out the the kind of recap that y'all produce because it's it's needed here in the Bay Area where we have you know these politicians that. Off the talk, but don't walk the walk and, and claim to represent our communities, um, but really don't and definitely, um, aren't, uh, movement candidates. Um, you know, with a few exceptions, I think Nikki Bass, who's on district two council member in, in the city of Oakland, I think has been doing a really great job of, of leading, um, with some, with some energy and with some fire and with some, um, strong support from the community. So lots to learn and excited to check out the recap for sure.
1: Well, the reason we want to make it into a pamphlet is because then we're going to be really honest on everything we did right, everything, with mistakes we made, what we learned. It's such a learning experience. And I think one thing I will say is that we we set our objectives ahead of time, honestly, about what we thought this campaign could do. And then we have to check it against what we said. Something. And one of the biggest things we said is to open up a better political conversation in the black community about police, about what are we going to do about gentrification, about internationalism. And to say that we would, unab- he would say unabashedly, he said, I'm a black, garfuna, queer, uh
0: revolutionary
1: organizer revolutionary organizer and also someone there was uh uh civil rights and climate justice yes so yes. when we had these conversations what we found is the community is really interested in this and if you have roots in the community that's the thing channing grew up there you tell him tell him since we're told him, tell him your roots
0: So I grew up in South Central. I went to Audubon Middle School, Crenshaw High School, and Otis College of Art and Design. And, you know, the interesting thing is my family lived lived a lot more south than the actual 10th District. But it's very similar to what most families go through. They live either south or they live a lot more east because the middle of the 10th District has been, you know, sort of like the middle of the black middle class. But because it's the black middle class, it ends up also being sort of like black downtown LA. Everyone goes there to do all of their business, whether it's going to school or going shopping or paying their bills.
1: Um, And so it really is the core of the black community. And since, uh, just tell the the, the thousand black women stories since we'll make that famous and
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of stories to tell about
1: Whether you want to hear them or not, folks, you can hear them. (laughs) What an experience.
0: Um, Actually, so I was very excited because black women are the biggest voting block in the nation and in Los Angeles. And so we went to this actual voting forum. And the interesting takeaway is that I had been in voter, you know, forums about two or three forms before that and raising this whole demand around cutting the LAPD budget by 50%. Um, and so they gave us three minutes to speak. We all spoke. And then they followed up with very challenging questions for each candidate, um, mostly because they were running out of time. And they asked some thoughtful questions, the questions you were always thinking in your head but you don't really want to ask. And so they asked to me about, and, and in the way that they asked was very interesting. They asked me, so you say you're going to cut the police cut the LAPD budget by 50%. When you're a city council person, how are you going to get other council members to vote with you? How do you get their support? And, you know, just the way, just the imagining, like, you, you might be a city council person. <laughs> <laughs> and when you're a city council person, um, and in that the way that they're asking it, it, they're really just legitimizing the actual issue, um, which is the real victory in that um, story.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's super critical. And I, uh you know, as a graduate of the National School for Strategic Organizing at the Labor Community Strategy Center, I think, like, th- those demands, like, you know, a thousand less cops on the street that's and right. a thousand more buses were demands that helped, you know, spark the public imagination about what's possible. and And now we see, like, you know, with this, public health crisis that we're living under with the collapse of the economy and, you know, people really struggling, um, we see why those demands are actually necessary and, and um, you know, seem revolutionary, but really, at the end of the day, like, that's what actually keeps us safe is, like, you know, people having health care and people having... En- enough to eat, and you know, housing being a human right, and and it's just because we live under this system of capitalism that um, you know all the resources are siphoned to capital. You know, right. I, I kind of laugh when people say you know it's a we're seeing the failure of capitalism kind of like, well, not really. We're seeing like what capitalism does. It gives all the resources to the very few, the greedy few and leaves the rest of us in the cold. And so, you know, I just really appreciate you all for bringing that politic uh, to people and, and really uh, creating those conversations. So just kudos to you, Channing and, to, to the strategy center as a whole for really, you know, not only creating the conversation but winning, you know, billions for buses, winning, you know, on environmental justice. It's it's just super inspiring, you know, being up here in the in the other northern half of the state.
1: Well, what we're going to do, Zach, I think, is I want to talk about coronavirus later, but because we're in such a good conversation, it's a good segue into your book. I just want to say one more thing that's consistent with your book. Uh, So let me just introduce Zach a little more. So we knew Zach Norris as one of the, yes, one of the graduates and one of the entry people in the National School for Strategic Organizing, which is which is interesting as we found Zach, as we felt well, Patrice Colors came in. I'm sorry, she came in. <laughs> she was already Patrice Colors. You know, we just were helping her mm-hmm. on her journey. But Damon Azalei Rojas, who was one of your teachers and mentioned in the book, mm-hmm. you know, he was a graduate of the school, so now he graduates and becomes, you know, your lead organizer. And Zach came in, and we liked him right away. Do you remember any struggles we had with you back then? Uh,
2: You know, I mean, I remember that I was not really clear, you know, in in terms of, uh, I I remember doing an application that said, you know, I I worked with the L. Baker Center, I've worked with, you know, uh, different formations, but I, my politics were kind of all over the place and I feel like you all were helpful in just like saying, oh, well this, You have to understand is this group of people feel this way and that and and i remember some really intense conversations with you and damon over um korean food and and near the strategy (laughs) and and being like oh i'm kind of nervous and i never really had korean food and i'm trying to i'm trying to manage both of those things at the same time so I, I was very green, is what I would say. I don't know that. Uh, I think y'all were kind to me, in understanding <laughs> that I was pretty green, which I appreciated.
1: <laughs> well, thanks, and and I think you have to understand that a big thing that I do, and Damon does, and Channing does is we recognize talent, and we're looking for mm-hmm. talent and good. If it's a good human being who has a good fight, this that stuff can be learned because they want to learn it. So yeah. one of the things, we the, the two struggles I remember, one was for you to get clearer, and I would like to say that the Strategy Center tries to be the most non sectarian group, so we don't, say, understand the other position, as Leanne Hurst's man would often do, to say, can you understand these different positions? Not who's right or wrong for a minute, because okay. if you're dealing with people in the United Front, which we believe in, The goal is not to tell them what's wrong with them. The goal is to tell them how to work with them, but you need to know the distinctions. That's right. Right. So we did work with you on that, and I have to say we did work with you on assertiveness. Come on, Mm. Zach, get out there. Don't be afraid. Get out there. Right. Right? right. Come on. Speak louder. Get the point. Don't worry about it. Don't 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 qualify everything. You make a mistake, but right. right and. That's right. And we did it That's with a lot many, of love.
2: I remember you, did. And I still have, you know, out of love and, and, you know, we all have our areas of growth, so I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, and big props to Damon Azalea Rojas. And another mm-hmm. thing I'll say is that I think at this point in history, you invest heavily in a relatively small number of people rather than mm-hmm. trying to reach large numbers of people and not doing the job well. It doesn't mean... That we can't also have mass forms. Of course we do. But I still, me and Channing are still improving ourselves. And me and Barbara and then Bridget and then the five or six lead high school organizers spent a lot of time with each other. We spent a lot of time with you, Zach, because we believed in you. You know, that's why we did it, because we knew you were going to be good. So I want to say this. Right. So that's what we did. And I right, just want to say.
2: It. I'm Barbara, and I can say- and Tammy, and yep. you know, so many awesome people at the Strategy Center, um, Cynthia, just so many folks.
1: That's right. And Leanne sends her deep regards.
2: Oh, tell her, <clears> hey, <throat> for sure, mom, um, well, so many amazing
1: folks at the Strategy center. So here's a segue I want to talk about. So, so you notice Zach was there; he was already working with Ella Baker. I won't go the whole story, but he is now the director, has been for how many years? Well, one on seven. Yeah, seven years. He's been director. Of this is a very important institution in the Bay Area and nationally, and it was, among other things, Van Jones was one of its original directors, so it's got a long history. So here's my segue into your book, and I'm, you know, I'm, of all the things in the book, I like to restore Oakland, because, you know, I'm an organizer and I like that story the best. So here's my segue. What I learned the most out of Channing's campaign, there's no more how much I just love the black community, period, as I always have, but how you can't pigeonhole. It's so wrong to say older black people are conservative, and they didn't vote for Bernie, so they don't know what they're doing. And We had the most wonderful conversations with people, and I'm going to write something about black conservatism is not a right-wing theory. It's about conserving what little you have in the middle of an assault. So if black people are holding on for dear life, how dare you call them conservative? They're just trying to conserve. And I found that by talking to you know, hundreds and hundreds of people in front of the Albertsons who wanted to talk about They didn't just sign their petition. And one woman would say, I was the first black woman who got hired in the hospital. I was the first black woman who, you know, came out of the South. I was the first, you know, it's interesting. And how much interest they had, even if they didn't agree, that they wanted to talk. So that's my segue into you, because I know, Zach, you have deep ties into the black community. So why don't you tell us maybe the prelude to why you wrote this book, and then you'll tell us about the book.
2: Yeah. um, I am from East Oakland. I was born in San Francisco. We moved to Oakland when I was a week old. I like to say it was a week too late because I love (laughs) Oakland just that much. Um, You know, Oakland is the home of the Black Panther Party. It's also the, 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 the space that, you know, people who were fleeing the South, um, because of racialized violence and lynchings in the South, West Oakland was like the furthest you could get from the South. So uh, a lot of black folks came and located in Oakland. Um, and, you know, it's been a chocolate city, but obviously that's changing as, uh, yeah. so much of the country is changing with gentrification. But some of what I was stretched. Direct- struggling with in this book is how do we get to for real safety and and liberation um, uh, for black people and for all people and um, really having um, uh, trying to grapple with some of these issues of criminalization with issues of safety um, and all of that is really uh, expressed and talked about um, in the book. And then I'm also just grappling with my own privilege in the book. You know, I am a light-skinned African-American. My dad's black. My mom's white. Um, I went to Harvard as an undergrad, so I grew up in East Oakland. I saw friends and family members involved in the uh, criminal court system, right. get years taken away from their life, for doing a lot of the same things that I saw kids at Harvard doing, right? Using right. And abusing drugs, getting in fights. But at Harvard, it was always clear that those kids were more than their worst mistake. As Brian Stevenson says, it was always clear that, you know, they were going to get the resources and the supports they need to go on and do, quote unquote, great things. And I say, quote unquote, great things, because we know that people who graduate from Harvard actually do a lot of harmful things. And so that's another thing that I'm grappling with in the book is, why is it that some harms are dealt with and held accountable? and other harms are not. And this isn't, you know, new Um, criminologists, Marxists. A lot of people have theorized around the nature of the criminal court system and the way in which it focuses more on the streets than the suites, right? It focuses on, you know, folks around the block rather than you know people who are blockbusting and who are um, selling homes and flipping homes and, right. and, and, ev- and evicting people. So some of these issues I deal with in the book and really try to um, create some language around how do we move from this fear-based framework that that supports dictators and supports people who who, who rule authoritarian uh, in an authoritarian fashion and how do we sh- shift away from that framework towards a more supportive, um, you know, effectively socialist um, form of governance that would actually provide some of the basic human rights um, for for people in this country. And so that's um, what the book is about. I can't say in a nutshell because it's a lot, right,
1: it's it's got a got lot, a lot of
2: nuts in it, right? Yeah.
1: Um, the book, again, it's called We Keep Us Safe. Building Secure, Just, and Inclusive Communities, we expect voices, listeners, that this is not entertainment radio. This is movement radio. So when somebody comes on and they're having a campaign, we expect you to support it. When somebody's written a book, we wouldn't bring them on if we didn't think you should get it. So how do you get it, Zach? Let's start with that.
2: Yeah, I mean, you can go to com ZachNorris.com, Z-A-C-H-Norris.com, and, um, cause, you know, at least I'm here in the Bay Area and we're sheltered in place, so we can't go to the bookstore right now. Um, but, um, but folks can go to com and the great thing about the book is it is a movement book, so the proceeds are gonna go towards supporting the Ella Baker Center. I feel like the the wisdom that is reflected in the book is um, work that we did collectively. Uh, we did this report called Who Pays the True Cost of Incarceration on Families, where people talked about the real solutions that they wanted. Those solutions came from formerly incarcerated folks, their family members, survivors of crime from all across the country. That wisdom is reflected in the book, and so we wanted, that the proceeds from the book really to go back towards supporting a movement organization.
1: Say it again. Is it ZachNorris.com? I, Dot com. I, yeah, I, okay, Z-A-C-H-Norris.com. Z-A-C-H-Norris. Okay.
2: N-O-R-R-I-N. So,
1: right. I mean, just go back to the who pays, right? Um, right. I, I read that study. It was deeply moving to me. Uh, you outlined just terrible stories of Families, for instance, when they ship these people out, you know, these people being black people, they just, I was in prison, and they just came in one one night and said, they handcuffed me, I think, yeah, duh. And they put me, yeah, they didn't just say nice. They handcuffed me and put me in a car. And I said, where am I going? They said, you'll find out. I thought they were going to kill me. It turns out they were taking me to a different prison. And they did it three times. And they come in the middle of the night, you have no idea they're coming. And luckily, all the prisons I was taken to were all inside the Ma- Boston, Massachusetts. But as you said in the other book, people are sent 400 miles away. And then yeah. the stories of the families trying to raise the money and the travel, it was a great, great study. Is it still available?
2: Yeah, people can get it at whopaysreport.org and shout out to Forward Together and all the other community based organizations that made it happen.
1: Very important. WhoPays.org? Who Who, uh,
2: WhoPaysReport.
1: Right. Thanks. Yeah. WhoPaysReport.org. Get that, folks. It's yeah. a great almost preface to We Keep Us Safe. Um, well, Zach, the, the thing I like, of course, is I like organizers, you know, so everybody can write a book about what you should do but I'd rather have people write a book about what we are doing. So mm-hmm. why don't you tell us about I, Restore Oakland as a new vision for community healing and accountability. Yeah. Is what my organization right. is modeling, a place that will demonstrate what investment, communities, resources, and relationships make possible. Why don't you tell us about what you're doing?
2: Yeah, absolutely, because, you know, before Trump got elected, there was this kind of, Idea that there's this bipartisan consensus on reducing mass incarceration, um, and you know there was some truth to that because there were people from like Michelle Alexander all the way to Newt Gingrich who are saying we have to do something about prisons. But you know there was no vision. Um, as, well, I wouldn't say there was no vision, but I would say that in terms of the uh, public and generally, a lot of the A lot of it is misinformation, right? So people are watching shows like Cops and Law & Order. Law & Order says you get your day in court, even though 95% of people plea out and never see a day in court. Or these shows that present prisons as the architecture of safety, even though we know, and the Who Pays report really shows that, uh, prisons really are economic quicksand, not just for that individual, but for the entire family. It's, it's creating and reinforcing cycles of poverty, incarceration, and violence rather than undoing them.
1: Hold and it, so If you can hold it right done, there, Zach. I just got to yeah, read yeah. that you're listening to voices from the front lines on KPFK 90.7 and 98.7 in Santa Barbara streaming live on the web at kpfk.org. Our website is voicesfromthefrontlines.com. You're listening to Zach Norris, the director of the Ella Baker Center, and the author of the book, We Keep Us Safe, Building Secure, Just, and Inclusive Communities. Keep going, Zach.
2: Right on. Yeah. And so what we're trying to do is really put forward a proactive vision of what community safety looks like, because... Our imagination has been dominated by prisons and policing, and people have come to believe that that's the pathway to safety. But if you look at the safest communities, there aren't communities where there's the most police. It's the places where people have access to good jobs, where young people have a, a future that they can believe in ahead of them. Um, and... So what we're trying to do with Restore Oakland is really create a physical, tangible model, Um, and it comes from the Who Pays report um, where people said we need restorative justice, we need economic opportunity, um, we need to be able to stay in our homes. And so what we try to do with Restore Oakland is partner with the Restaurant Opportunity Centers United and Casa who's the Just Cause to really create a center That models our vision of community safety, so we have a dedicated space for restorative justice, restorative justice for Oakland youth, and Community Works are two organizations that will be using that space and have been using that space. Uh, We have uh, a restaurant on the first floor that's going to be run by formerly incarcerated folks and others who have been locked out of opportunity that Lock United is going to run. And then husu just cause doing amazing organizing in the space and helping the people helping to ensure that people stay in their homes. Those things are the things that we believe ultimately make community safe. But we wanted to, you know, kinda of use some modeling power because everybody needs visual aids, right? You know, um, even in the context of the environmental movement, just being able to see the wind the the, the, the solar panels and the wind turbines and the and the and the um, you know, clean energy buses is helpful to be able to say, okay, there's a different energy future possible. We also wanted to say there's a different community safety future possible and model it with restore Oakland, which is the name of the building and the name Uh, of the space.
1: I'm going to come back. Uh, uh, Some of our listeners, we always love you out there. And we are going to talk a little bit about coronavirus, about, uh what people are doing about it, and just to, to at least let us know that we're living in the middle of a real pandemic. So in about five minutes, you can start uh, calling it to 818-985-5735. I know Zach and Chang and I love to hear uh, human beings, and we are one of the shows that goes to the phones the most because we're organizers, and we, and we have gotten some very good letters, by the way, of... Um, to Eric at Voices from the Front Lines to tell us that you're out there. I got four last week that were really great, and I was going to plan to read them today, but I promise I'll read them next week, along with the ten that I plan to get this weekend from you all. So please write about the show, about do you like Voices. Uh, we want to show the station ma- you know, managers and everything that there's people out there, and they're trying to ask us who's listening. It's a totally legitimate question, and we want to know too. So if you could support voices from the front lines, by writing to Eric, add voices from the front lines, which means you're also writing to Channing and everybody else, it would mean a lot, okay? So I'll say it one more time at the end, but you get it. One thing I want you to re- refer to, Zach, is that you haven't been there yet, but we have this uh, Strategy and Soul Movement Center, and it has um, our own bookstore, our own film theater that... Channing is the manager of it we have uh, the fight for the soul of the cities and similar to what you're saying it's about creating a physical space that reflects the alternative not just a verbal alternative but something you can touch this is our bookstore this is our film theater this is our organizing space so I take a little more time on that because I think that's really central and I'll be honest it's something that the strategy center should have figured out sooner but here we
2: are. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's super important because we can't get to a state that we can't see. We can't, you know, touch and feel. Um, and, you know, we talk so much about, like, what's possible in the world that's possible. Well, we need, you know, concrete steps, and we need to be able to to kind of see the path to get there. So that is a big reason why we wanted to create this space and also frankly it was out of struggle because what we found is like we had done some really we think kick-butt campaigns Um, we had moved Alameda County home to Oakland and Berkeley we we did a campaign that said you can't move all of these resources that are coming from the state because the state had been sued as a result of overcrowding they were giving a bunch of money to counties and you might think that counties are like, oh, let's do something different with these funds, but most counties were just using the money for a sheriff and probation department, right? So we said, hey, Alameda County, we want at least half of those resources to come to the community, to community-based organizations. Um, rather than, you know, just giving those money to the sheriff and probation that's going to trail them, nail them, and jail them kind of mm-hmm. strategy and have people cycling out of, in and out of the system. So we did the whole campaign, civil disobedience, blah, blah, blah. We finally got them to concede. And what we found is that once they started giving the money to community-based organizations, it, uh, community-based organization was a loose term, right? right, a right, money, right. <laughs> that, that, of right, right. That, that focus on, you know, just getting government contracts and don't really have a felt connection. They promise jobs, uh, but really just do job training. They, you know, say they're about short of justice but don't really have a real connection with the community to, to enable that. Um, and so we're, like, happy that we won the money in the shift in the money but really disappointed in the results. And that, that was part of the reason why we are like, okay, we need a visual aid to really show what it means to do community safety in the interest of community. And it just so happened that it turned out to be a good time also in terms of showing what we mean by community development because we're just two blocks away from the Prov bar station and so many um, oh, you know, wow. quote unquote transit oriented development has mm-hmm. really further gentrification. So we have this really great location and we're doing something that's actually in the interest of communities that have been in Oakland for so long rather than, you know, the way most quote unquote transit oriented development has really further gentrification. So that's Kind of what you know,
1: why we did it. Hold on for a second, that's great, Zach. And we have a lot of things, so now we do want to take calls at 818 985 5735 818 985 KPFK. If you want to talk to Zach Norris and Channing and myself about you know the whole struggle about rebuilding cities, in particular rebuilding black communities, and the you know, the tremendous struggle to make that happen in the midst of gentrification. Jenny, you want to jump in? Sure.
0: I mean that sounds I'm listening to the whole conversation around building the physical um, you know, manifestation of basically the freedom that you want to see. And I think that's you know really spot on. I'm glad you guys are close to uh Fruitvale Station. I got to visit that for like ten minutes when I was in Oakland. Um yeah. You know, it's the similar, you know, politics that I've been learning at the strategy center where we are building strategy in Seoul also out of struggle. And, you know, we've been fighting the metro as the entry point to fighting for the whole, against the whole racist system, you know, for 20 years. Um, yeah. And, you know, we decided that, you know, we're not strong enough at this point And every, you know, tool has been, you know, that we created has been ripped from our arms. And so how do we really create a base and exhibit the same things that we want to see? Um, And so I do a lot of focusing on the theater in particular and, you know, I do a lot of studying of theaters and a lot of, I'm sorry, theaters, a lot of studying of films (laughs) um, and watching of films and really trying to, you know, hone in on how the system is organizing our folks through film, right?
1: right? Stay on that for a second, Zach, if I can build on Channings, and then I'd like you to hear, you know, because we're always spinning off things like you are. So um, I I am going to announce, because it's going to force me to do it, but uh, we're going to try, I'm not quite going to give a date yet, but this year, to initiate the transformative organizers, either Film Collective or Film Club, I think I like Film Collective, Mm -hmm. And the concept is Channing and I are going to pick 12 films in the first year and you only can join if you're an organizer and you have to agree to come to all 12 and make a financial commitment and a real commitment that if we do a film about indigenous people we're going to do something about it. Every film is going to require something and it's going to be requiring beyond what your organization does. So to you know, so it's an early stage, but Zach, you and I are supposed to have a call anyway. So when we do, yeah, we'll put that on right. the, put that on the list. Okay.
2: So that's exciting. Everybody should go check out Eric's review of Parasite. Um, really appreciated that, and I mean, I, I I think it's a great way to to get seasoned organizers and new folks involved in the work.
1: Well, thanks. So. Uh here we are at eight one eight nine eight five five seven three five. Give us a call. Um let's go to the coronavirus for a minute and thoughts I had and I'm sure your thoughts you have, Zach. I mean the first thing is I am trying to be as much as possible in a pretty quarantine situation. I'm not going out very much. My wife and I have a plan we're working on and we have, you know, both a ninety eight year old my mother in law and Leanne's mom and a nine year old grandson. And a family, you know, of a lot of people. Yeah. And we're all trying to figure out these things, right? But the truth is that we have resources. And so quarantine for us is not the worst thing. I can write a book. I got food. Yeah. But I'm terrified, number one, of what's happening to the actual people who already yeah. were living in, in, a, in a pandemic Really, of racism and abuse and poverty, and who are going to say, "Well, wait a minute, this is so." That's one. Two. This is about demand development. I'm really terrified that we, as a movement, do not have enough strength in this country to be even making demands on the government in a coherent manner. To give an example, you're not going to. I'll have to say this: the cruise line industry is going to get a, at least 50 billion dollars from Trump. No. I swear, because people aren't taking cruises and the airline industry which is down to because yeah. I follow this a lot. I do listen to the business stations, which is down to 50% load factor, you know, they they half full. Mm-hmm. They want subsidies because they're actually running out of cash because they don't build up their own cash reserves. The banks have just they gotten give
2: bonuses to the that's right.
1: That's right. And they, okay. yeah. So what I'm getting to is where are the demands for – well, let me slow down. Two things I'm thinking. One is that, as you said, Zach Ward, exposes certain things. It certainly exposes the system's complete inability to even have enough stuff to protect white people. how's that, (laughs) you know, like I'm thinking that the best thing, I'm trying to be careful, but when white people get this pandemic, they're going to start believing in the social welfare state, you know, why don't we have more hospitals? Why don't we have more public health? And I do believe there's a possibility to win, this is just talking off the top, but to win the concept of a massive reconstruction of public health is one example. Yeah. And especially community based health, community based homeless shelters. You know, community based clinics, uh is a group called Saint John's Wellness, right? Mm-hmm. They've been doing great work, you know. But they're you know, they're trying to fill in, you could say, for a system that's not doing it. So yeah. I want to say just on the level of heartfelt, yeah, you know that. uh, Go ahead, Zach. It's
2: the heart of it, Eric. It's it's the he keeps us safe lie versus we keep us safe truth. Right, the he keeps us safe lie is a lie of abusers. It's the lie that says don't trust your neighbor around the block who's black. Don't trust your neighbor at the border who's Latinx. Don't trust your neighbor in distant lands. They're Chinese. They're Muslim. You know, he, he'll throw anybody under the bus to um, keep uh, folks distracted from the fact that he's actually causing the harm. That's what abusive people do in abusive relationships, and that's what our president is doing at a national scale. He is scapegoating, and he is hiding the harms of the system that he is running that keeps all of us, You know, impoverished keeps us not addressing climate change, keeps us not developing public health solutions to public health issues. And I think the question is going to be, can we build the solidarity necessary across communities that really lifts up this we keep us safe truth that we're in it together, that we are interdependent, that, you know, as you get sick, I get sick, that, you know, coronavirus doesn't discriminate by race, age, gender, you know, anything. Um, and whether or not we can, you know, I think we have to make those really fundamental demands, and we have to also organize on the local level, as y'all are doing, to really build a base of, of folks who are most impacted to, to, to really push and actually make some of those demands possible. You know, we're doing stuff on the local level, but like you said, it's it's not yet, to scale and we still have to
1: keep pushing I just want to say on one sense, because we have Connie uh, on the phone is that given that I've you know since I've been in the if I can say the, the non-profit revolutionary movement because we're a non-profit too but I'm very sad that all the national efforts so far to really get us together have failed and we've been involved in so many of them that had hope and they fell apart a lot on I think that the material basis of a funded organization is to stay funded. And so people are really tied to their structure, as we are, and to be continued. But by now, we should have, yeah. we should be at this table. And from that, we'll listen to Connie in LA. Thank you for calling voices from the front lines.
0: Hello.
1: What do we have, Connie?
3: Hello.
1: Yes, we're here. Hi.
3: Okay. Um... Yes, I've got uh, family members. Uh, I grew up in Detroit, and I, I'm a senior now. And uh, my family, uh, I'm, tr- I'm having family meetings, uh, uh, you know, online meetings right. to try to bridge the family together to, to, to introduce some kind of idea on mass incarceration. What can we do with family members that have gone through that? What about building projects. I know I sound like I'm all over the place, but I just...
1: No, you don't.
3: ...having difficulty um, connecting things together, um, bringing... Because I feel that if you if you can't bring your own family together, then how, how much can you do to bring other people who you don't even know together? And I do applaud the, the speaker, the young man there, for doing what he's done. You know, I think it's just so amazing. But... Um, I don't have a question, but I don't know. Does any of this make
1: sense? Well, let me say it, it makes complete sense. Don't feel like you're all over the place. It's one place. <laughs> it's a good place, you know. Yes, uh, I'll let Zach, I just said one thing, I'll go to Zach. I mean, what you're saying is the as the system is tearing apart the communities, including families, it's discouraging if you say, I can't get my family together, but I would urge you, if you're in L.A., to reach out to the Labor Community Strategy Center. We'd love to talk to you. Uh, 213-387-2800. And reach out to Zach, who's about to talk to you. Okay. At, because he, He's not, Oakland's not, that's right next to South Central. Zach? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I I say if you're struggling, Labor Community Strategy Center.
3: Okay, yeah. we'll do. Yeah, and it's it's yeah. it's it's like when I bring the meetings together, when I have these meetings, you know, it's like I I'm missing something, you know. And the family, you know, how people, black folks, can be they they kind of trail away, you know. Their mind just say, okay, well, it doesn't, you know, you're not really getting to my point. But I really, I mean, we have family members in, uh, you know, mass incarcerated. Of course, uh, my mm-hmm. son, you know, he was. He was murdered here in LA, and so a lot sorry. of us have that situation going on. He went. He went through the mass incarceration si- system, and then there, there's there's the gardening going on in Detroit. You know, um, then there's the 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 arts center that's going on, the singing, the dancing, and all that. Those kind of things going on, but I don't really see you know connections. I don't know. Are we being
1: well, Connie? Let me suggest this, Connie. Uh, yes. the reason we have organizations is to try to make those connections. Our office is right at King and Crenshaw on 3546 Martin Luther King. Uh, info at the Strategy Center. We'd love to have you just come in and talk.
3: Okay.
1: I mean okay. it. So you, you, if you make it happen, okay?
3: I will. 3546 MLK
1: Boulevard. You got that. that. <laughs> right you. at King and Crenshaw. All right. Take care, Connie, and thank you for calling. You're on Voices from the Frontlines. This is KPFK, uh, 90.7 FM, 98.7 FM, Santa Barbara. Doesn't quite get to Oakland, I don't think, but uh, streaming live on the web. And do check out our website, VoicesFromTheFrontlines.com, that Channing manages. Got every show. I mean, it just scrolls down, and it's beautifully, I think, designed by Tanya Bernard, another black uh, graduate of the school and a very talented graphic artist. Uh, she and I worked on the website design. That was fun. And Channing is completely running it. Uh, it's got, if you scroll down, it's just amazing story after amazing story. And Zach's story will be up next, you know, on, by probably Thursday. So info at the strategy, no, I'm sorry, uh, com. info at the strategy center. If you want to talk to Channing and I about other stuff. Zach, how do they reach you? Uh,
2: they can reach us at That's ellabakercenter.org. That's www.ellabakercenter.org. E L L A
1: Bakercenter.org. And to get the book, tell us how we do it again. Uh, to
2: get, yeah, to get the book, go to Zach Norris.com. That's Z A C H N O R R I S.
1: Dot com. We'll be getting some. I'll send you an order.
2: Right on. I appreciate it. No,
1: I we will, Zach. And, and one thing I want to say uh, on the air is that when I first got Zach's book, <clears throat> I had some criticism of it in terms of feeling that it wasn't rooted enough in history, in the black revolutionary tradition, and it sort of started from a specific premise And I had some disagreements with it. So what I did is wrote to Zach and said, Zach, these are my concerns about the book. Zach wrote back and said, those are good points. Then I wrote back saying, wait a minute, let's get to yes. Let's get you on the show. And then I started reading the book in a better light. So that's how you do it, folks. Yeah,
2: that's a beautiful thing. Like picking up, you know, a form of communication and saying, I want to reach out and let's talk about it. I just find so, uh, we do that. Too infrequently nowadays, um, and and so much stuff just boils and festers. So I just really appreciate you for that, Eric, and am indebted, you know, to the Strategy Center for really helping to clarify my own politics and also just pushing me, like, because we had to be on the bus from 9 to 9. <laughs> Every day, right. and I'm going do you, it again. You don't if you're not a if you're an <laughs> introvert like me, but you want to be an organizer. That's, that's you know you got to go through the fire to get there, that's and so you so find so out weird. what's missing. So I just really appreciate y'all so much because um, I feel like I can talk to my you know folks on our team from a, a perspective of of knowing what's up, and you know I continue to do organizing, but like that was the the, the real crucible for me, so to speak. So just appreciate you
1: yeah. Well, you know, we're also going to talk about rebuilding the national school, and we got to get our own yeah. butt on the buses more because so now we have a wonderful campaign for free public transportation for all LAUSD mm. students that uh, mm. happily, you know, because the strategy initiated that, but we don't have enough power. We didn't have enough power. to. We can't get the MTA to do it. But at a time of despair, actually, uh, all of a sudden we were called by the LAU, uh, LAUSD Superintendent uh, Austin Butner Buettner, is his representative, and said, you know what, we're going to put a motion in front of the MTA for free public transportation for students. I said, what? And they said, would you like to be involved in it? I said, girl, you know who I am? I'm mean, please, do I want to get involved in it? And she said, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know, you know, whatever. And we've had a good relationship. Uh, He actually recognized the bus riders union at the MTA. Uh, So did Monica Garcia. So the point is a couple of thoughts. One, how about integrity and honesty in relationships and rebuilding the ability? Because, Zach, in the process of you, I realized some sectarianism inside my own soul that I jumped too quickly to judgment. I focused on what it didn't do instead of what it did do. And once we had the conversation, I read the book in a much more favorable headset, not just mindset. So that's something I learned. And the second thing is you got to outlast these bastards. You know, you got (laughs) to get up in the morning, go to sleep, and just keep doing it. Put one foot in front of the other and just keep doing it. So, Zach, you get the last words. Ricky, how many, Ricky Herrera, how many, we have three minutes, Zach. You take two, and Channing will take one, and we'll say goodbye.
2: I don't even know if I need to, but I just really (laughs) appreciate y'all for having me. And I want to just recognize the work, because what do they say? You know, first they they laugh at you, and then they try to ignore you or whatever. And then they call you and say, hey, we want free buses. Can you help us make it happen? So I'm just, that's, that's what's up. That shows. The, the progress and the, the, the level of work that y'all have put in um, for civil rights, for human rights. And so um, I, I'm just really appreciative of being on the show. Um, after this call, I'm going to be talking with our probation chief in Alameda County and encouraging her to let young people out of the juvenile hall and the probation camps because there is the, this crisis and one, and we know that you know oh adult jails and adult jails start off as public health crises, um, and there are there are ways that we can be safely bringing people back into community, um, supporting our unsheltered you know sisters and brothers, um, and so that's some of the advocacy that we're doing now as the Ella Baker Center, and I hope uh, I hope folks check out the book We Keep Us Safe. So thanks for for having me on the show. I appreciate it.
1: It's mutual, Zach.
0: Yeah, very great to have you on the show. A very great conversation around the movement and movement building and what keeps our community safe. And, you know, the the newest rendition of Black Freedom Thought, really. Um, and so I just have some closing, you know, social media and sharing and get this show out of here. Please. Um, things because we are trying to build voices from the front lines and we want to grow exponentially and double our actual listenership. So please go to voicesfromthefrontlines.com. You can listen to every single show there. We also shoot that show out to every podcast available that we know about, including our main uh, podcasting site on SoundCloud at voicesfromthefrontlines.com. And please go on to our site and actually register for the weekly newsletter that we put out. Um, And then the last thing is on social media – Follow us on social media. We definitely do respond to those very quick, um, to any comments and tweets and Facebook posts. Um, at Eric Man Speaks on Twitter and Facebook and on Instagram at Voices from the Frontlines.
1: Lines. That oh, was great. Whatever you said, I agree with it. <laughs> uh, and, all right, Zach, take good care of yourself. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. All right, you too, Eric. Really appreciate y'all. Take all care, right, man. thanks, brother. Thanks. Channy, thank you. Ricky, thank you. And KPFK, thank you. And Kevin, I want to thank you, this is the program manager. I wasn't sure I was going to come in today, and he said, "You're coming in." So listen, for those of you who are out there, it must be scary as hell. I wish I could do more, but we do care. And maybe next week we can talk about what our people doing. Get some people on the show who are actually out there in the field. Take good care, and we'll see you next week. It may sound a old. But it's still really good. All power to the people.